So as I was saying earlier, like finishing up, um, I like to say the end of the school year last May, so we went into the summer. I talked about that, sharing that literally this movement that we're doing spiritually, in a way you could say the process is similar to like what we do here in this world with school, going first grade, second grade, third grade, you know, going through all 12 grades, and then some of us continue on to what we call higher education. And there's a similar process that we do here in the soul's journey through this physical creation. That movement that I talk about of like going to school, that's not really the action of spirit. The action of spirit is who we are as a soul that is moving through this pathway of evolution, or in other words, through this creation we call time-space. The physical creation is what you could call the school. So I just want to clarify that some, because a lot of times we misunderstand that which is spiritual and that which is physical and metaphysical. The way we share here in Interlight Ministries, that which is truly spiritual is of spirit, meaning the soul, the Holy Spirit, the Creator, and that's all in what we call the soul and spiritual realms. As we have our chart of the realms over here that we call the levels of the self, we've got the physical self, the body, the astral self, or the imagination, the causal self, the emotions, the mental self, or the mind, the etheric self, that which is unconscious. And then we have the soul, the light of our beingness, and then that which the soul has come out of, which is that beingness of God. And that's a simplistic way of doing it, but yet it's very actual, factual, and in truth in that way. So of spirit, we that are of soul and spirit is really the divine truth. Now the journey that we, that divine spark, are on, well, that's the process of school through this creation of time and space. So there is this journey that we're on. But if we can maybe look at it as, yes, there is a divine plan. There's a bigger picture here. God created us in loving. And God created everything. But God created us specifically to go into all of God's creation, to experience all of God's creation. In other words, God put us into motion to go experience all of what you could call the kingdom of God or the many kingdoms. In my father's house are many mansions. Some of us maybe know some scripture a little bit here and there. That's reference to a lot of these different realms of experience. But we don't want to get too caught up in the details because then we can really lose focus of what it is that we're really wanting to move into experience. But obviously here in ILM, we try to cover details so that there is some understanding and clarity as to what the journey is. Or as Jim has shared and summed it up, who are we, where did we come from, and where are we going? Pretty simple. Well, who we are is that living, loving essence of the Lord. Where did we come from and where are we going? Well, that's the journey or school as I was talking about here. And so I'm going to share a little bit about that. 
as we're finishing up the year last year, as many of you have been hearing me share, it's been, um, should we say, a little bit more of a intense, like studying for exams type of stress the last uh, few years here. And I know many of you have been going through the same thing. And it is. It's like that. In learning at times, there's an intensity where we feel like everything is upon us all at once, kind of like for a final exam where you're not just doing one, sub, one area, but you're literally putting all the areas you've learned through the whole semester of school year and now having to see if you really understand it, called final exam time. And so often we'll go through phases in life where that's what it feels like or looks like we're experiencing, and often that is the case. That it is like final exam, that there's many things going on at once because it's a compilation of all the different things we've been learning and now there's a time to see have we learned it. Are we now fulfilling ourselves with that which we've learned or is there yet to learn more? And that's what testing is really about. We feel like we're tested often. In spirit, there's really no testing. It's just a process of experiencing and we learn by our experience. So as we do, we have experience and we learn from our experience. But in this creation of right and wrong, time and space, good and evil, the tree of knowledge, it often feels like we're being tested because of how this creation is set up. That which we call the Lord of darkness or the Lord of reflection, call him Lucifer, call him whatever you want, is simply that aspect of God that is giving us this kingdom to experience that which is good and evil or the right and wrong. But ultimately, it's not about good and evil. It's really simply about us, the soul, having experience. Why? So that we come to know this aspect of God's creation that we call time and space. And so it is through our experience of this aspect of God's creation that we fulfill ourselves and fulfill that which is God within us in this experience. A lot of people begin a spiritual journey because they want to know their oneness with God. Well, think about this. Maybe this even makes sense. If you're to know yourself as one with God and all that God is, don't you need to experience all that God is? That's what we're doing. We, the soul that are on this divine journey, are literally going into all that God is and experiencing it all. The only thing is here in time and space is that we've kind of lost sight or forgotten or at the very least feel separate or disconnected from that divine knowing and understanding that is inherent within each and every one of us. And that's the truth inside of us. And so when we begin a spiritual quest or journey or pathway like we do here in ILM, we're simply now on that part of our soul's journey that is now finishing the last leg of fulfilling ourselves, of completing the lessons of that journey home to God and that divine union by which not only do we really know ourselves, but also know ourselves as one with God and all that God is. That's why it's literally like three questions. Isn't it funny, these Trinity aspects? Who are we? Where did we come from? And where are we going? That's something you might want to 
begin to really look at, even write in your journals and begin to journal with, and look at is three core questions you can begin to work with as far as the self-study action, that even as you go into meditation, that is something you can put out there as an intention of awakening and fulfilling, is awakening to that greater understanding of who are you? Where did I come from? Where am I going? And yeah, of course we can say, okay, I'm the light of God. I'm the divine living loving essence. I'm the soul made in the image of God. I came from God and I'm going to God. Yes, there's the answer ultimately. But it's not as simple of just saying information like I just did. The information doesn't do it for us. It's the experience of the journey that answers those questions for us. And that's important to remember and keep in mind as we literally live life, not just walk this journey of spirit, but live life. Because what is living life but truly the journey of spirit? Not only day by day, but moment by moment, and not just this physical creation, not just our physical lives, but in every aspect, in every way, well beyond anything we could ever imagine or comprehend. And the only way to do that is to walk the journey, to move on the journey. How do you know what it's like over in Europe unless you go travel there? You can read about it, hear people tell you about it, but you don't really know what it's like. You have an idea from what you've heard or read, but do you really know what it's like? You can even watch TV and watch images, but does that give you the actual experience of being there? No. We're talking about the experience of being there to going into areas or places by which we have our experience of actually being there in the experience. That's what we're doing here on the spiritual journey, is really moving our soul through experience, going to the very places, just like we do physically, going to the very places spiritually, through all these realms, astral, causal, mental, etheric, and then into the realm of soul and spirit, actually going there to have experience so we know the truth of what that is, not as a course of study, as a course of action. It is that action that we truly learn and grow and fulfill ourselves. And that's what we're doing here. It's very interesting because just as we gather here physically, you could call this a class, a seminar, we do Q&A, even give you homework assignments if you, if you want to do them. It's kind of a free-form self-study course. It's up to you, in other words. We're here to share and support. Well, just like we gather here, guess what? On all these other realms, the realm of imagination, the realm of emotion, the realm of mind, the realm of unconscious, the realm of soul, there are literally gathering places or classrooms, workshops, retreats, just like we do here. They're often referred to as the inner mystery schools. And it's those places where souls gather to learn about creation. And in this case, the physical creation 
On each of these realms, there's gathering places. There are souls coming into this creation that at these inner mystery schools are being taught about this creation and then move into having the experience in which they were taught about. And then there are souls on their way out, such as what we're doing here, that are being taught now to finish the lessons that we originally came in to learn through experience. Now we're on the way out completing their lessons so that we really know and understand what this realm of time and space is that is a part of God. And so as we move through those inner mystery schools on our journey home to God and out of this creation, well then it is now that fulfillment or like the final exams to see what have we learned, what do we understand, and how do you learn or understand but by doing the homework. You can't skip through class. You can't just read about it and expect to pass. This is the classroom of life. This is the classroom of experience. And it's our experience where wisdom comes from. Not knowledge. Wisdom or gnosis is true understanding through experience. So we've got to give ourselves the freedom. If anything, encourage ourselves to participate, to do not only physically, because yes, we're here in the body, so we need to participate physically to have our physical experience, but that's only one level. We have to fulfill ourselves on all the levels. That's why in here we talk about meditation and self-study and service, so that we can begin to awaken and know and fulfill ourselves on all these levels to really learn what is this realm of imagination, what is the imagination personally? How do I utilize it? How does it work for me? How does it work against me? What about all these emotions I have, all these feelings? What do I do with them? What are they there for? What can I learn from them? Can I control them? They seem to control me. Is that good or bad? Or is it just experience? What if truly all we have to do is just experience and in having the experience is all we need? And through all those experiences kind of thread together that we experience all that God has intended for us to experience to truly fulfill ourselves. And that fulfillment is also, I use that word a lot, fulfillment, because I know that through experience we're going to be fulfilled. But also it's important to understand that that fulfillment that I'm talking about is also one by which the soul is expanding or merging or coming into union, communion with God. Because as we fulfill our lessons here, that, in a sense, that which we often look at in this creation, that which has blocked us from God or stood between ourselves and God, like we, we look at it like it's in my way. If it's in my way, something's wrong. Got to fix it. Got to get rid of it. But that's why in here we work with loving and accepting and forgiving. If anything, forgive our attitudes of how we've judged things and accept that these things standing between us and God are actually there to serve us as part of our journey of fulfillment by now accepting is a merging, it's a blending, it's an integration that takes place through experience. So if we've got some emotional disturbance out here that we're trying to avoid and get rid of, because we're afraid of it, we think it's wrong, we've placed all these judgments on it, well, that's the inner homework. 
And all we need to do is learn truly how to love, accept, and forgive. The day we can truly come into acceptance and loving with those emotional disturbances, and I'm just using that as one example, is a day that it all just melts away. And it's in that melting that that now begins to become part of who we are. That's the fulfillment, where it merges into us as we integrate with all of our experience is where that fulfillment and union takes place. It is simply our judgments and fears that have created the sensation or experience of separation from God and knowing that union. And that's what we're all seeking. Not even knowing. When we're trying to be in relationship with another person, when we're trying to have a relationship with a group, when we're trying to be in relationship with our pets and our plants, we're actually trying to be in union with. That's why we seek out, afraid of being alone. Because we're ever seeking union, not knowing that what we're really seeking is the divine union of our soul with God. But each of these experiences that we seek out union with, even here physically or emotionally or mentally, by allowing ourselves to walk through that, is the process by which we, the soul, are moving into union with God through our experiences step by step. The challenge is, is often the disturbing experiences, those really hard emotional things. Or if we've got a really strong negative belief system that we have been taught and train that this is how it has to be, and if we cannot accept any other way, what? You're going to go to hell? You're going to die? Somebody's going to hurt you. Those are usually the three main things often. Or at the very least, I'll be left alone, nobody will love me. That's probably the worst of all, right? You're not going to be part of the group. You'd rather be part of a group that abuses you rather than be alone. That's often the case. Kind of strange how it works, but yet it's the truth. That part is so strong inside of us that wants to be in union that we will put up with the most or worst atrocities to not be alone, to not be in separation, to be part of something. But that's where the lessons are, and some of those lessons are really hard. But it's those hard lessons where often the greatest growth is. There's the final exams. You're going to graduate? No. You're going to go to summer school? Maybe I'll even repeat the grade. It's too hard. Don't want to do it. I'll do the whole grade all over again. You know, people say, yeah, reincarnation. <laughs> Maybe a few dozen times. It's so challenging, that lesson. Well, that's what we do. Out of our fear, we will choose to literally hold ourselves back. From what? We're only holding ourselves back from our own divine union with God. That is all that's happening. That's all we're doing when we make the choices we do out of fear and judgment. We're just holding ourselves back from that divine union with God. The day we can truly move into acceptance and loving with the very fears and judgments we have placed is the day we're going to experience that greater union that we're seeking. That's why we talk about face all your fears and just do it rather than avoiding or trying to find a way around it or just even simply judging it and making it wrong.
None of that will work. And eventually we'll discover that. Probably all of you, if not most of you here, have already learned that. That's probably why you're here. Most people won't come to an event like this or hear what we share here until they've experienced so many of the other things that they realize don't really work because you've been seeking and trying so many things and you find, well, at first it seems exciting and it seems like something good and then it turns out, nope, not this one either. I had a fantasy, wish it did. Yep, this one will do the job. This one will heal me. This one will cure me. This one will make everything great and wonderful and peaceful and happy and I'll never have a problem again. Well, that's often what we look for until we realize, wow, does it exist at all? Not understanding that actually there's a very, in a sense, purpose to all of that. Sometimes I like to call those things the negative motivators. They help usher us along on our path of life. We have the positive things, which we all wish all we had and experienced in life was positive. But I have found the negative things often will usher us along on our path even more quickly or more powerfully, if anything, out of just trying to avoid it and get away from it. But regardless of what motivates or moves us, we are on that journey, and it's beginning to look at how to fulfill that journey, knowing how to do that rather than keep judging or thinking it's supposed to be a certain way and it's not that way and every time we do that it still backfires on us thinking one of these days well if I maybe try harder it'll finally work and then we find out trying harder just makes it worse listen we'll try all kinds of things I just had an inner experience just a few days ago teaching a class just like here Jim and I were sitting in front of a group of people I was sharing this lady had a question she was some famous psychic or channeler Literally, somewhere in this world, I don't know who she is, but in this class, she literally asked a question. Said, can you tell me about this entity I'm channeling? How can I do this, you know, so she's more clear? I don't even remember exactly the question, but it's basically about her channeling and being psychic with this entity and spirit. She's trying to be the psychic and, you know, save everybody, that type of process, and be the star of the show. I go, well, yeah, the channeling is actually pretty simple. It's like, wow, there's a person sitting next to me. And I say, hey, Jim, that's all it is. Channeling in an entity, same thing. It's like saying, hey, it's like a person right next to you. And then literally this person walks up, stands right next to me. I said, hi, so-and-so. And they said, hi, Brian. And she went, is it really that simple? Like, think about it. And let me ask you this. Do you know who you're channeling and what you're channeling? And are they really very wise just because they're not in a body? Most people don't think about that stuff. They think, oh my God, this is amazing. Some other spirit here, somebody's able to perceive and channel, so they think it's like an amazing expression of God, not realizing it could be as dumb as the person sitting next to you. Okay, that's a bad joke. Maybe nobody's dumb in here. <laughs> Maybe everybody's really, really smart, right? That's why you're here. No. <laughs> That's why I'm here. But that's often the case. We don't know what we're getting into because we just think it's something foreign and all of our hopes and wishes and dreams we place on it, we want it to be something and often that's not the case. So pay attention, even what you do 
on your spiritual journey. Because a lot of people say they're on a spiritual journey, but they're not. They're on a metaphysical one that isn't necessarily going to lead you to anything divine, profound, or truly spiritual, but may lead you on a wild goose chase down some dark alley you wished you had never done in the first place, and then you'll end up judging yourself and wondering what the heck you did wrong because you were following spirit. I've done this before. That's why I know it. And I've seen a lot of crazies physically, let alone spiritually. Well, I got her attention in that class. I said, well, let me share something else with you. Rather than trying to channel this other entity or being, how about if you look at your own soul and start to learn and come to know who you are and if you want to channel, how about just channeling yourself, channeling your own soul self, not your mind, not your emotions, not your imagination, not your subconscious. By the way, most people channeling are actually channeling their subconscious, not even other entities. I know that one too. But I said, how about channeling your own soul if you want to focus on channeling? But I'll tell you what, here in ILM and what we're sharing, we're not even looking at channeling. All we're doing here is learning how to wake up to the truth of who we are as the soul, the divine, living, loving essence of God who created us. And as soon as I said that, my own soul started to reveal itself. Literally, our soul looks like a miniature of our sun in the sky, this gold and white light, sometimes has a nice little blue shimmering light around it. Our own soul right here, the ball of light. I said, see that? That's all we're trying to do as we meditate and all the inner work we do here is simply to get in touch with, look at the souls right here. How close could you get? You don't have to go anywhere. This entity may be three feet away, but your soul's a lot closer than this other thing you're trying to channel. Well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say thing. It's actually a person. <laughs> Just disembodied. It sounds kind of grotesque, but anyway, it didn't have a body. Ball of light, your own soul. So all we're doing in ILM and the actions of meditation and everything we teach here is to simply get in touch with the truth of who we are as that inner light of God, that light of loving. It's a lot easier and simpler than we could ever imagine and believe me, when you get in touch with your own soul, you're not going to get all the confusion and chaos you do when trying to channel other beings and entities. And it's closer to you than anything else. Your own soul is closer than your own breath. Your breath moves in and out of you. Your soul is who you are. You can't get any closer than that. So I said, if you're going to channel anything, how about get in touch with your soul and channel your own soul? What would, that, would that be channeling then? No. If you are the soul, you're not channeling. You're literally just waking up to who you are. It's just that our consciousness, as we've come into the body, we've placed below the soul and into the mind. And so... Our conscious awareness now is as, as we have placed ourselves into the mind, we're looking through the eyes. You guys ever have headaches? You feel pressure in your eyes? That's the mind. 
The mind is a pain in the head. Literally, that's the mind. Looking through the eyes even. That's why we have a spiritual eye that the soul looks through. These eyes are for the mind. Polarity, right and left, right and wrong, good and bad. Because we need these eyes to see and learn through this polarized creation. But if we're going to learn about the soul, we've got to let go of our focus and polarity through the mind and literally come back to the soul itself, which is one. It's really not the third eye. It's the one true eye, the eye of the soul. The single eye. That's why you, you don't really hear Jim and I use the word third eye very often. It's really the single eye, the eye of spirit, the eye of the soul. That's where we really want to perceive from. But in order to do that, we have to move our conscious awareness from these two eyes just up, what is that, maybe an inch or two? That's all the farther we've got to move our conscious awareness. That's not very far, is it? Let's see, one or two inches? Nope, I don't have to go all the way to the kingdom come in order to just you know, raise my awareness two inches or less. Literally, that's all we're doing in meditation is lifting our conscious awareness to the soul rather than consciously perceiving through the mind. That's how simple and close this is. And when you really begin to become more aware of who you are, one, you don't need to channel anything because I'll tell you this, the more aware of who you are, the more loving and the more light is going to shine from you automatically. You don't have to try to be the light of the world and shine your grace all over the place. <laughs> you just wake up to the truth of who you are as a soul and any shining that needs to shine, any loving that needs to spread itself is going to happen automatically because that's who and what the soul is, is loving. That is its very nature. That light often just seems like it's been clouded or dimmed simply because of our unawareness or lack of consciousness of the soul itself. All we have to do is wake up. That's it. All it takes is a little meditation, maybe a little chanting, or maybe just saying, God, I love you. Spending a little bit of time, making an effort doing that. It's like today. What we, maybe 45 minutes or so we meditated. It's all we need to do. And every time we do that, we're going to wake up a little more. Sometimes a lot more, because sometimes the door just swings wide open, and boy, that light of loving just floods us, where you have those tears of gratitude and joy. And then it all goes away, and then we feel the tears of sadness, because we all wish that door would stay flung wide open all the time. The nice thing is, though, we now know it's there and we know what to do to open it 
to walk through it and also let it come through that door to us. And I'm only talking about your soul right now. I'm not even talking about God and the Holy Spirit and how that action works, which I'm going to here in a minute. That's what we're doing in Inner Light Ministries. When we talk about the path to sound and light, it's the path of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> the grace of God. That it is the way by which, through God's assistance and all that God has given us, through that grace to assist us in moving our awareness an inch or two. <laughs> the worlds we have to move within us just to move an inch or two. Because that's how powerful those thoughts and belief systems and emotions and feelings and all of our desires and fantasies and physical things we want to experience stand in the way. But if you were hearing what I was saying earlier, maybe they don't stand in the way. Maybe they really are a journey of going through school to come to this place of graduation. So as we ended in May, and we're beginning now in August, three months later, starting up the new school year, Literally, just the other day, I also had an inner experience where literally we were back to school. But it was really nice because this time, last year when we ended, it was very stressful. But this year, coming back to school, it was very relaxed and joyful. So I'm actually looking forward to the school year just because I know all stressed and exhausted as I was before summer, well, as we're finishing summer up and starting the school year already, that relaxation and peace is coming in now to move forward in a new way, to do the learning differently that can be more peaceful and maybe even enjoyable rather than stressful and painful. It's still learning. It's still having experience. But often when we can approach our experience with more loving, accepting, and forgiving, it's going to make it easier and possibly even a little enjoyable. Wouldn't that be nice? So as we meditate, become more in touch with who we are, the nature of the soul is loving, accepting, forgiving, joyful, peaceful, all those qualities we'd call divine, we will begin to live as more of our day-to-day -day experience as we choose to live in who the truth of who we are is, the true self. And if we're not sure how to do that, well, how can you not be sure? We just did it. But let's talk a little more of that. Maybe not just the moment, but those continuing moments of that process of learning and growing. And just so we understand, we're never left alone. But it's up to us to begin to realize the support that is there for us. Not just physically, but in every way, on every level. But even physically, coming to these classes is a support. Like I was talking about our website earlier, 
we created that as a support that you can utilize any time to support yourself in this journey of awakening. The tools, the techniques, friendships, gatherings. But ultimately that depends on you and what you want to do with it and your approach with it. But that support is there, always has been and always will be, that God gives us, and especially when we consciously choose to participate with God, that we actually, in our choosing, God's there supporting all of us. But when we consciously begin to choose, we open a door to let in a whole different profound action of grace that we otherwise wouldn't necessarily experience. It's important to realize that as you make the conscious choice, you're actually changing your life experience and how it's going to unfold. Because when you choose to now consciously do life and do God, it's going to transform you in how you experience when you're just doing life unconsciously or thinking you're the victim of life itself and it's just happening to you. That itself, that simple choice to make consciously can be more profound and dramatic than anybody realizes. Well, hopefully less dramatic, maybe less drama in life. Except for the amazing, sometimes almost overwhelming movement of loving that can take place. So as we make that choice that we choose now, to really know, well, who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? Is there really a God? Are there spiritual teachers? Are there angels? What is the Holy Spirit? What is grace? What are all these things that are spoken of? And how, and maybe the real question is, how can I know that or experience it myself? It was for me. When I started hearing and learning about it, I wanted to experience it. I wanted to know. Not just hear about it, but to truly experience it. And that's why we show up. That's why we take the steps. And when we do, it's often said, God meets us at our point of action. So that as we choose God and step forward in our actions with that, that God is going to meet us and then support us in walking now that journey to come home. To walk the journey, not only through our physical life, but the greater journey, that inner journey now through these spiritual realms, beyond the physical. When I was just speaking of the inner mystery schools, that journey of where now we're fulfilling life's lessons, and we truly are beginning to journey spiritually, the soul of who we are beginning to journey now through these other realms. And a lot of that journey will often look like what we go through physically. Planes, trains, and automobiles, and a boat and a helicopter here or there, and maybe even a car, an autonomous one. Your GPS system, remember that talk, God positioning system? 
set your course for God, push the button go, and there we go. And anytime we do a detour, what happens? Oh, we just course correct. Doesn't matter which direction you go, you're going to end up with God eventually. Whether you go in a dead end or go down when you think you're going up or go sideways when you think you're supposed to be doing something else, it's all course correct. There's no dead ends. There's no right or wrong way. It's just literally take the next step. Take the next step. Have your experience. Let the experience teach you and fulfill you. And in that process, what happens? We learn through our experience. We start making different choices. We start looking to see how we can line our choices up with a greater spiritual fulfillment, a greater experience of that loving, more awareness of that. And so as we do that, then God meets us at that point of action and God says, okay, here's my grace. Here's my river of loving. Here's my light, here's my sound. And here's the spiritual guides to assist you in that journey to learn how to walk it and to even hold your hand and even carry you at times. To show you the way, to light the way and to follow that voice. That's the good shepherd. That whole story, the voice of the master, the voice of the teacher, in truth, it is the voice of God speaking through a vehicle because the soul knows that voice of God no matter what expression it is given. I don't care if it's Moses, Jesus, Rumi, or any of the others. It is the same one voice, the one sound, the same light that God expresses through many vehicles. In truth, it expresses through all of us. But we only need one to follow, to show us the way home. And it is spoken and known that when we hear the voice of what we would call our teacher, our master, our shepherd, it resonates inside of us and we know that. Two things. One, because that is the one who is going to show us the way home. And two, I forgot. <laughs> it was there and then it's gone. Because too, it is through that voice there is a frequency and vibration that the soul recognizes as a movement of God's loving. And that's what this is really about. That's what we want to follow. But do you understand there is a process and a journey of awakening that is step by step, like I was saying, grades 1 through 12. Maybe this is truly the higher education. It's just really the greater awakening. But it is known that we need a living teacher to support us on a journey. It's not what I said, it's just what is shared. I guess I'm just repeating what I've heard. But I also repeat what I've heard to know to be true from my own experience. But it's for each of us, even as we share here, it's for each of us to listen, to take in, and to look at, to find the truth for ourselves. 
not to just trust blindly, to walk after because somebody said so. I don't care if it's me and Jim or anybody. But to really take to heart and to have our own experience so that we know, we need to know for ourselves this isn't a pathway of following blindly. It is one in, through participation and learning and growing through our own experience. Because in that we will keep making new choices that help course correct us. What is that? Coming back on the straight and narrow? Sometimes the straight and narrow ain't so straight. It's pretty windy actually. That river of loving, that we call the straight and narrow, or that has been called that. And here we speak of it often as the purple light. That as we meditate, you can see right here, the golden white, the purple, the blue. But if you're to go out of body and follow that light, it'll often look like a purple hose or umbilical cord that literally winds through all of creation. That's the path of sound and light. That's the path of the Holy Spirit. That is the river of loving. That is that extension or expression of God's loving for each soul to partake in when it's time to begin the journey home. And it is that light by which any spiritual master or teacher speaks from and that it actually speaks through and why it is known to take the initiation to receive that sacred name of God from a spiritual master that that light is anchored in because it is through that vehicle by which that light then expresses and moves and the soul receives as the soul has asked, invited, made that conscious choice to now participate with God. And that's a very simple way what I'm saying now. There's all kinds of stories I'm sure a lot of us have heard. It's just one simple action how God supports each soul that is looking to come home. So listen to the voice of the shepherd. For in there is the true inner sound, the voice of God, that in truth we can only hear inside spiritually. It is not a physical one. But the frequency can come through the physical voice. But it is the sound of loving that is the expression of God through the Holy Spirit that will speak to every soul. But the souls that are ready and are marked, it is their time, will not only hear that voice, but will begin to be stirred awake. And it is that stirring awake that we will respond to as we are called, that we will call back and reach out to take the hand of that shepherd, to receive that grace of that light, because it is truly that light and sound that is the true shepherd by which God brings the soul back home to the spiritual realm, the kingdom, the real kingdom of heaven. Most people don't realize what it really is. They think it's some angelic heavenly place that we fantasize about, the pearly gates and all that good stuff. A lot of that is just our imagination. And there's some amazing, beautiful places on these inner realms. But the true kingdom of heaven is much different than what we can imagine or visualize. 
How can we visualize and know what just pure light and sound is with no form, no individualized expression? We just don't know how to relate to that while we're asleep. But as we gradually awaken and expand in our soul awareness, eventually that soul, as it is lifted by and through that river of loving, that windy hose I said through all the realms, that's what carries the soul, literally like a river that is there for everybody, but most people are standing on the side of the river. When you get initiated, when you know you're ready to go home, you hear that voice calling you, you get in the river. That's what initiation is about, is getting in the river so the river can now carry you back to where it originates from. And that is back in the ocean of loving, the real beingness of God, that ocean of loving that is just pure light and sound, that has no form or individualized expression from which that river of loving comes and which it returns to is what carries the divine spark of who we are back into that to once again be that drop in that ocean. That is the most profound, sacred, special journey I'm not going to say we'll take, we will all take that journey. It's just a matter of when, what time, how, who with. But ultimately, all that matters is just that journey of loving itself. But to begin to recognize the signposts, to ask the questions so you have the clarity and the understanding of how, one, you can recognize it, but also how you can participate because if you say, okay, God, do it to me, do it for me, I ain't going to do anything. It's up to you. God goes, okay, you can have that experience for a while, and then at some point you'll realize you have a responsibility to take some action steps yourself. Because eventually we learn it's a relationship. I like to say it's a two-way street. You've got to receive and you've got to give. You've got to learn how to surrender, and you've got to learn how to take charge. You've got to learn how to empower yourself, and you've got to learn how to give yourself fully to God. Well, doesn't that seem paradoxical? It does in polarity, but when you know the truth spiritually, it's all one movement of loving. There's no confusion or question or doubt or fear in that action. The doubt and fear and confusion is in the process of letting go of the polarity, the chaos that comes with it. And as we make that choice and get in that river of loving, and as it carries us in those places where we need to do our part, to listen, to follow that voice, that inner light, it's all we have to do. Because in that journey, it starts right here, physically, right here. But then as we, the soul, begin that inner journey through all these realms, and as that river carries us through the realms, there will be little stops along the way, like a cruise. You ever take a cruise on a river? Stop in a little city here, a little city there, see the sights. And as you go see the sights, there's different experiences, and in that there's different lessons. That's basically what it is. 
Literally, that river will carry us to all these different places, and it'll stop in each place in which we, the soul, have some karma to work out. I don't like the word karma anymore. Everybody thinks it's bad. All that is is there are some things for us to experience to finish learning and growing through whatever that is we need to walk through. That river of loving, that grace of the Holy Spirit will literally bring us to all those places on every realm to assist us in fulfilling what we're to learn from in each of those areas. And even though I'm talking about this like it's another world, because believe me, it is, even if you don't have any conscious out-of-body experiences doing this, at some point you will, but even if you don't or think you don't, Everything you go through inside of yourself right here, all your different thoughts, your feelings, your imagination, all those things are really that inner journey that I'm speaking of. Because the soul is having that experience, whether you're conscious of it or not. It's fun to be conscious of it. It's pretty amazing. But even if you're not, it's still going on inside of you. It's so strange. Are you really going anywhere? Like I said, you're right here. But to get here and fully awake to here, what do you have to go through in your imagination, your emotions, and mind to get there? Well, it's a one or two inch journey here. But boy, when you're out of body traveling through all these other realms, it seems like one or two billion light years. <laughs> So, when we feel like we've fallen off ship, you know, the joke, the discipleship, on your river cruise, just make sure to grab that rope or the life preserver. As I said earlier, there's many vehicles. You literally will experience boats. You'll be in planes, flying. Once you reach the top of the mountain and the sun's way up there, well, how do you get from here to there? Well, that's where planes and helicopters come in handy or a spiritual teacher who can just simply pick you up and fly you there. And eventually you start to learn how to fly yourself. But that takes time, just like anything we need to learn. And that flying takes place simply as an action of loving because loving always lifts us up. The more loving you are, the more you will lift up. You want to learn how to levitate? The true levitation that is speak of spiritually is an inner one, not the body. Spiritually, the soul. Learning to love so it can be lifted up through all these realms to go back into the heart of God. And we all need assistance. If we could do it on our own, we would have done it. That's why God sends the spiritual teachers, the assistants, the angels, the guides. But as I said earlier, this isn't about trying to channel any of that. All of that is there to assist us to coming awake to who we are. 